Insight. This is Drew versus the World, a podcast about giving inspiration through information. Today on the podcast, we have David Weiss, um, aka Flat Earth Dave. So, how you doing today, Dave? Hey, I'm doing great, Drew. Appreciate the the conversation, and uh, I like what you have to say: information through inspiration, or inspiration through information. I like to. I mean, it's. It cross pollinates, you know, you can use it one on the other way. It's, I forgot what they call it. It's like a mom. It's like, you can spell it one way. You can spell it the other way. Flip flop. I forgot what the um, the terminology is, but if you turn uh, mom upside down. It says, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, um, where, where are you from, Dave? I'm in Connecticut. Okay. 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 Are you, and you're from Connecticut? I am. I, I've been uh, born and raised here. So I've, I've, put myself in a little dome, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. A little pun intended. A pun um, totally intended. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. So I was like, your voice and your kind of demeanor has Are a you very- you saying that like, I sound like a Jew? Is that what you're saying, a New York <laughs> Jew? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that, but um, <laughs> but I'm just saying that, you know, I had a friend named Goldberg. I went to his bar mitzvah and you guys sound similar, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like an East Coast vibes. I was like, I was like, I, I, I'm sure he's from like the tri-state area. But yeah, I was right. Um, so first and foremost, um, let's get down to nitty gritty. Um, can you um, give me the the reason and the kind of the anthology of how you um, began to believe in flat earth. Right. It's because, well, to keep it short is we all have, we're all programmed before we could even talk um, to believe in the globe. And we're also taught what to think flat earth is. Okay. And both of them are wrong. So, so you, you were indoctrinated beyond belief into this heliocentric nonsense system, which I'm going to show you. And then the idea, uh, thinking that the earth is flat just comes across as uh, total insanity. Um, as I'm looking for an image here, the, the idea that we're a disc floating in space is not what flat earth is. That's what they want you to believe flat earth is. So when, when people think flat earth, they think this, because this is a meme that came from the flat earth society, right? The flat earth society is a disinformation, government controlled disinformation website. And if you Google flat earth, you end up with their information. Okay. And anybody that thinks that this is what flat earth is, is absolutely correct. Thinking flat earthers are crazy. If a flat earther believe this, no flat earther believes that you've just totally. Right. <laughs> Destroyed my camera. He destroyed it. That's right. I'll keep going. So this is not what flat earth is. So if we're not a disc floating in space, what is the flat earth? And the answer is the flat earth is like a pond, right? Large bodies of water at rest need a container, right? If you had a bathtub, great. If you snapped your fingers and the tub disappeared, the water's gone. If you're going to go swimming in a lake and I snap my fingers and the side of the lake disappeared, the water's gone. Large bodies of water need a container. They tell us the highest land on earth is this continent at the bottom of a ball called Antarctica, when in fact it is the highest land on earth, but it's the land that surrounds our pond. We live in the Antarctic basin. All of these islands, continents are surrounded by water, 
but all of the water is surrounded by Antarctica. Okay, so we can test, you know, if we live on a ball 24,901 miles around, this is what got me. I was like, okay, what is the curvature rate? You know, Bill Nye, the line guy with the bow tie tells us, you know, as the boat goes away, it disappears, it disappears from the bottom up. That would be true if we lived on a ball. Mm -hmm. I'll give him that. However, there's other reasons things disappear from the bottom up. And there's things that you can do, like zoom in on them after they've disappeared with the camera, and you can see them again. Like, wait a minute, if it went below a physical curvature, how could I zoom in and bring it back into view? So um, if, if you look, you know, our eyes have an angular resolution limit. If you look right here, you don't see anything. You don't see anything. All of a sudden, there's a boat, okay? Now this boat would have appeared to go over the curve right? If that's what you believed. So here we are, zoomed in on the boat. Now I'm going to zoom out. It's just like the boat's going away from me. And you'll watch the boat disappears from the bottom up because of several reasons. Its angular size is getting smaller and these little waves in the foreground are blocking it and creating a false horizon. And now it's gone. But zooming it in proves that it's not gone over a physical barrier. Can you explain um, real quick before you go into... Yeah. Um, the next, the next um, slide or the next. Um, what is a false horizon? So a false horizon. You want to believe? You know, if you believe that um, that the Earth is a ball, you have to believe that you can only see a certain distance, mm -hmm. and then that's the horizon. Well, this is a false horizon right here. This is just where the resolution of the sky. Um, it was the the sky and the Earth just come together. Um, let me show you a, a better one, which will, which will cover two topics at once. Um, as things move into the distance, if you're standing next to a, a giant tree, you know, for a, a line of trees, the, the tops of those trees are way over your head. You have to look up. They're, they're up there. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you went five miles away from those trees, the tops of the trees now look like they're at your eye level. Mm -hmm. You with me? Mm-hmm. They look like you're at your eye level. I'm, uh, I'm right here on the coast of Connecticut on the edge of uh, New York, and I can look down Long Island Sound, and I can see Manhattan, right? Mm -hmm. um, and right around Manhattan, which is like 25 miles away, uh, I can see um, on a day where there's a cloud deck, you know, we have beautiful clouds all on a cloud deck. The clouds over my head are, you know, five, ten thousand 10,000 feet over my head. But when I look over Manhattan, they look like they're touching the ground. They look like they're at my eye level. Gotcha. And that creates what I call the, the false, the, the, um, the apparent horizon. And that it's just how our eyes work. So again, um, zoom flips things around on me. And yeah. every time I look here, here, here we go. So, so here's a little experiment I did in my kitchen right here. This is the line that this line is level and you can see this level. I'm moving this sun across the line and we're viewing it from a terrestrial point of view, from an elevated point of view. This could be the tops of trees. It could be the tops of a city, uh, you know, a skyline, or it could even just be the atmospheric deck clouds. It's opaque. I never went below it. Now I'm going to show you the same thing from the counter, from the, terrestrial point of view. And if I showed you this line first, I would say, is this line level? And you'd be like, no, it's not level, it's going down. That's just perspective, it, it is level. And look, am I going below this? And, and so um, this right here in the distance looks like it's at eye level. 
okay? But we already saw that it's above it. So this is the apparent path of the sun. So now let's watch um, what really happens in reality. So here, you would think that this is the Earth horizon, but look, there's another horizon right here. What, what is that? And I call that the atmospheric deck of opacity. When you're looking across the atmosphere, it just becomes opaque at some point. And as the sun moves away, mm -hmm. it goes beyond that. Now, if I zoomed out, the space between where that's setting and this apparent horizon, it all merges together and you can't even tell there's any difference. So when the sun goes away, it just goes away and it looks like it's setting like that. Oh, okay. Okay. So the so if I if I may summarize, so the you're saying that the sun is actually moving, let's say behind, like back. It's not moving. It's just around. moving away. Like, away. Okay. So when if is it we were, moving? If I was, I was okay. Real, real quick, if we were um, out in a field and there's, let's say there's a fence um, five feet tall and you're sitting, I don't know, 25 feet from that fence, whatever, mm -hmm. right? You can look over at that fence. It's kind of almost at eye level at the top of the fence, even though you're only three feet off the ground. If um, I'm on the other side of that fence, you can see me from here up, mm -hmm. right? And as I walk away, my head's going to set below that fence like that. And that's mm -hmm. just perspective right and everything just merges into the horizon um and so so let's let's talk about the false horizon here this is a famous mm -hmm. viewing spot in the loser france and then remember your question so because and i'll stop talking um where people look out here and mount Kanagu is out here but it's 175 miles away according mm -hmm. to globe math globe math um the top of that mountain should be a, a, over a mile below the curve of the earth if the earth was curved Right, and so the the mountain is there. You just can't see it. The light that bounces off the mountain can't push through the thickness of the atmosphere. It's just mm -hmm. too far away. But two times a year, when the sun migrates in between the tropics, it lines up with Mount Kanagu, and the sunlight can push through, and it backlights it, and you can see all of Mount Kanagu, where the very top right here should be a mile below. The curvatures. So this is just an apparent horizon. Okay. And so the Globers would say, well, the sun and this mountain are already below the curve. They're just refracting up and magically stopping it at your eye level. Mm -hmm. Nonsense. There you go. So, so um, a couple of questions. Um, for, so if somebody, so I'm going to give a couple of questions that a lot of, I've been kind of reading back and forth and a lot of people have um, either asked this question against the flat earth theory or have brought it up. Um, so how about stars? So how are stars um, when you see them in the sky and they kind of rotate when you see them from end to end? What, how is, how does your perspective on seeing stars and the movement of stars that kind of equates to the global, um, the globe theory as per se, as we're talking about? Uh oh, I'm, I'm muted. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a big question. I'm going to answer it in, in a whole bunch of different ways. So we'll okay. take them one by one. For one, in the heliocentric model, we're spinning at a thousand miles an hour we're orbiting at sixty-six thousand miles an hour we're chasing the sun at half a million miles an hour 
And that entire system is moving sideways at over a million miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So every year, just in the chasing the sun, we're going like 4.4 billion miles every year, never returning to the same space. Oh, so so ho- hold on. I'm sorry. Maybe this is my um, good. Not, not education on this. So you're saying that instead of it being that we are orbiting around the sun, we're actually in a constant motion with the sun. This this is the heliocentric model. This is the globe model. I don't okay. believe this. This is this is pseudoscience. Okay. Right. So my point is, if you go out tonight, look at all the stars in the sky, make a little map, sit down in a certain spot, and say, okay, I got these stars here, whatever. And then a year later, or ten years later, same night, same time, go out. Every star will be in the exact same position. Mm. Absolutely, they never change. So how they've never about, changed through all of time. So how about the? And this is another science that people like to debunk: um, astrology, where oh. that during different years. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so let, let, <laughs> let, let, let me finish that. Don't forget that question, though. Okay. Don't forget that question. So, so that right, right there, shows that that's impossible with all of these motions. The stars never change. Um, as far as the rotating of stars, I'm not 100% sure what you're talking about there, but we set a balloon up in Arizona um, at nighttime with high-def cameras looking up. And before the balloon took off, it was a beautiful starry night. We could see all the stars. So mm-hmm. as that balloon goes up higher and higher, the stars should get brighter and brighter and clearer and clearer as we get up above the thickest part of the atmosphere. Well, the opposite happened. By the time we hit 50, 60, 70,000 feet, all of the stars disappeared. Mm, okay. So just keep that in mind. Okay. So what are stars? And again, anything above our heads or beyond the shoreline of Antarctica is mm-hmm. really speculation because no one can get there or is allowed to go there. Um, this is the star um, Arcturus. Yeah, Arcturus. It's small. It's here. It's within our system. Here's the star Sirius. Right. Mm-hmm. This isn't what NASA shows you, but you can go out. Our consumer optics have outgrown their lives. This is one of my favorites, Capella. Um, amazing, colorful. You can see this almost with your naked eye. Then you get a super zoom lens, zoom in, and you see these things. These things almost look like lights underwater. And if you look up yes. star in a jar, uh, science has taken where they get a jar of water and they focus um, sound waves into it. And these little stars appear in the star, in the jar that look just like little suns. Mm. Pretty amazing, amazing stuff. So what are stars? Great question. Don't know. But the distances they tell us they are and the sizes make absolutely no sense. It's actually, if you do the math, you can scientifically prove that you can't see them, okay? So for example, mm-hmm. a penny can only be seen, I forget the distance, maybe it's 200 yards or whatever. After that distance, its angular size is too small for the human eye to resolve. Even if you have 20-20 vision, you can't see a penny beyond 200 yards, whatever it yep. is. That's mm-hmm. called the angular resolution limits of your eyes. You with me? Mm-hmm. Okay, so our sun, if, uh, if our sun was right next to the earth, it was a mile over your head, you'd look up and it would fill the entire sky, right? Because they tell us, you know, we're a giant yoga ball is the sun and we're a BB next to it, mm-hmm. right? So if it was a mile over our head, it would fill the entire sky. Now let's move it 93 million miles away where they tell us it is. Its angular size is now like the size of a nickel held at arm's length, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it reduced from the entire sky to the size of a nickel at 93 million miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. 93 million miles, they tell us, is eight light minutes away. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we made it um, eight times farther, that's about, that's about a light hour. Okay. Yeah. Eight times farther. Remember, it went from the entire sky to the size of a nickel once. If I made it eight times farther, do you think you could see that nickel? You can do the math and it would be too small to see it three times the distance, but let's just say eight times the distance. So eight times mm-hmm. the distance is a light hour. Okay? okay. So our sun at one light hour away is too small to see, but let's be super safe. Let's make it two light days away. Okay. Mm-hmm. 48 times farther. Okay. Mm-hmm. Definitely can't see the two light days away. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Polaris, our North star. Yes. Polaris, they say, is about 48 times bigger than our sun. Okay. So two light hours times 48 is um, four light days. Mm-hmm. So Polaris at four light days away is scientifically provable. Its angular size is too small for our eyes to see. Mm hmm. They tell us it's 433 light years away. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. So here's what happens. You're following along. You're listening. Yes. Most people can't even comprehend those numbers. And even when you're talking about these numbers, your brain doesn't have the ability to understand what they are. It's insanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's insanity. A trillion. You know how long a trillion seconds is? One trillion seconds. Do you have any idea? No no idea. It's 31,000 years. And they tell us the closest star is 25 trillion miles away. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is, this is nonsense, right? Are are you saying that the, the, so you're basically saying that they can't really predict the actual distance of well, where we are from from the actual stars that we they're they're equating these these distances towards. So so if I had a penny and I say, hey, mm-hmm. keep an eye on this penny, I'm going to move it five thousand miles away, mm-hmm. and you're still going to be able to see it. What would you say? Um, first, I would ask you if you if you're moving the penny, I would ask you when you came back, how far was it? <laughs> That's my yeah. first question. But but my <laughs> point is, do you realize that you can't see a penny at 5,000 miles away? Correct. Seeing yes. Polaris at the distance they tell us is way, way worse than that. Mm-hmm. Way, way worse. <laughs> so, so once you start understanding like they, mm-hmm. these motions, you know, all of these motions that they're telling us, um, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Gotcha. Are you, are you familiar with the Georgia Guidestones? No. So in Georgia, there's a Stonehenge. Oh, actually, type. actually, you did talk about it on a podcast I was listening to. But Very go good. ahead. Go ahead. Please, please. Yeah, so there's this monument that they built. It kind of looks like Stonehenge. Um, mm-hmm. And it was built in ni- 1981. And besides having the New World Order Ten Commandments on it, um, it has this little hole thin little hole that you look through and when you look through it what do you see you see polaris okay polaris our north star you do a little time lapse the, the stars all going around 
We're corkscrewing through space, they tell us, in four different directions at once, traveling billions of miles every year, and Polaris never moves from that hole. What does that tell you? Uh, that like proves a beyond point. a shadow of a doubt that we're not moving. So Polaris never moves. So in your diagram here, are, are those other stars moving around in a centrifugal centrifugal force, or is, are they still kind of dormant and North Star is kind of the focal point? Very, very good question. So let me explain. The sky, I, I believe, is is the 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 fixed stars mm-hmm. as opposed to the wandering stars, which we now call planets. They're all set in the sky. They're fixed in the firmament, if you will. And that's like a disc spinning around above us, okay? Mm-hmm. So it turns, and that axis of rotation is Polaris. Gotcha. Okay? And, you know, and so the, 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 the guttle, rea- you know, the, um, the, the normal reaction people have is, well, how come people in the, the South can't see Polaris, Right? Right, because they tell us it's a pole star, um, and and the answer is because they're too far away to see it. If you're standing under a street, a row of streetlights, there's a streetlight over your head, but the streetlight half a mile down the road, it looks like it at your, it's at your eye level, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still the same height above you. You know it. It yep. just looks like it's at eye level, and if you keep going, that streetlight's going to merge into the ground, and you're not going to be able to see it anymore. Correct. Yes. Okay. That's because that's the exact same thing that happens with Polaris. If the Earth was a ball 24,901 miles around and Polaris was lined up with the north um, polar axis, once you go beyond the equator, you should never be able to see Polaris. But there's been many reports as far as 30 degrees south where observatories can see Polaris. Mm. Okay? That's impossible on a globe. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going back to the original question. How about the astrology and the, the, the stars moving and equating to the different types of, uh, I guess, months and calendar years that we, we get this whole like cancer and Gemini and, um, information from. Do you, uh, do you believe in astrology? Do I believe in astrology? Yeah. Yeah. I used to laugh at it, but now I totally get it. Astrology is the real science. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Just getting over a chest cold, so I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. On the road to a natural immunity, taking taking charge here. I'm going to share my <laughs> screen real quick. And um, are you familiar with my app? No, I'm not. Okay. This is called the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. Right now, okay. the moon is dark, and that's just because of a little technical glitch that's being updated. Um, so, I'm sorry, this is, is this, this, this a web app, or is this no, a This is a, a phone app. This okay. is a mobile app. And where can people get it? Okay. Is it iOS or Android? Uh, both. It's iOS okay. and Android, and I'll okay. tell you where to get it in a moment. Okay, awesome. So... What it shows is the sky is a perfect clock. The sun is the hour hand of the clock. Wherever the sun is, it's noon. Mm-hmm. The moon keeps track of the weeks and the moons. There used to be 13 moons of 28 days, right? If I speed it up, you'll see that the sun laps the moon every 28 times around. So it's going slightly faster than the moon. And the moon, its position 
and phases keep track of the weeks and the months. Mm-hmm. Um, if I slow it down and turn on the stars, we're going to get into astrology. This is where I'm going with your mm-hmm. question. The stars, as I said, are fixed in the sky. Polaris is at the center there. And all the constellations are spinning around slightly faster than the sun. So slightly that it's 365 times around before the stars will lap the sun. So right now, the sun is moving into this constellation. It'll work its way backwards through there for the month. Mm -hmm. And then we go into, uh, what is that, Capricorn? Yeah. Um, Yeah, October, November, yeah. So... Each it'll spend about a month in each constellation, right? So we're going to get into your question in a moment. Um, so the the stars keep track of the seasons and the years, mm-hmm. and every year they reset to the exact same position they were the previous year, the previous decade, the pre- pre- previous millennium. So astrology. Well, you know what? Let me let me finish. Since we're in the app, let me just finish. Uh, show you a couple things in the app, and then I'll answer that question fully. Is that okay? That's fine. All right. So, just real quick, the, this is the best way to show you how seasons work. So, mm-hmm. imagine this: you and I are sitting here in Connecticut in uh, December. We're sitting outside, about cold. twenty feet apart, and it's freezing. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell are we doing outside? What are we What are we doing? <laughs> okay. And uh, it's just freezing. It's snow on the ground. And then somebody comes over with a long pole and a big heat lamp and holds it directly over your head, maybe 10 feet in the air. Okay? Mm-hmm. You look up, and that, that light, that, that, that heat lamp is directly over you. It's hot. You can feel the heat, and it's high in your sky. It's straight up. Mm-hmm. Okay? I look over at that light. It's lower in the sky. Even though it's still 10 feet in the air, it's much lower for me, and I could barely feel the heat. That's my summer sun. That's, your, that's my winter sun. That's your summer sun. Now, if the person walked over to me, keeping it at the same height, it's going to rise higher for me as it gets closer, mm-hmm. and it's going to go lower for you. That's my summer sun. That's your winter sun. So here's how the sun works. The inner yellow line is the Tropic of Cancer. The outer yellow line is the Tropic of Capricorn, and the red line... Do you want to guess what that one is? That that's is the equator. Equator. Yep. That's the equator. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, September 26th, we're just past the equinox. So the sun is light on the outside of that equator. So if I jump the sun forward, September, um, October, November, um, and then I go all the way to December. December, it's all the way out over the Tropic of Capricorn, and the outer southern continents are having their summer. Central, Central South America is the heat of their summer. South Africa, if, as it goes around, you'll see that Australia, it'll be their summer because it's high above them. It's close. But here in Connecticut, I'm up here, the sun is farther away from me. It's lower in the sky. It's farther away. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I'm in the middle of my winter. And the farther away you are from the sun, the colder it is. So, so look, Australia's having their summer, right? Now, if I jump it forward, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, back to June, that's when we in the inner north have our summer because the sun is closer. It's higher in the sky. Make sense? So this kind of, I, 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 it, pr- it proves and it gives points and values to 
um, the flat earth theory, but doesn't it also give value to the global theory as well? Because wouldn't the same kind of mentality or facts actually work on both sides of the the coin there so if we're talking about the distance of the sun and you saying that the heat lamp is here wouldn't if it was a ball as the sun moves around the ball wouldn't you in on this side also feel less heat and wouldn't me on this side feel more heat so wouldn't it kind of like aren't for that explanation wouldn't it be on both sides of the spectrum no, let's, explain. <laughs> let's get into that. So, so during our, you're in the North, where are you located? Um, Charlotte. Okay. You're in, moved, you're in Charlotte. I, yeah. I moved on down. Don't, don't, we're going to talk about, you're not too far from Spartanburg, South Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's not that far. We're having a conference there next month and you're coming just so oh, you yeah. know. I'll be there. Right. Where, where, All right, where, so where, listen. Just send me information. Honestly. It's called Flattoberfest. Okay. Flatearthfestivals.com. Uh, that's where you can get all the information, but we'll talk about that at the end. So during our northern winter, mm -hmm. during our northern summer, do you know that our sun is three and a half, according to the Helio nonsensical model, that our sun is three and a half million miles farther away? than it is during our winter, mm. okay? So during our summer, the sun is farther away. So think about this. Here in Connecticut uh, in June and July, when I watch the sun rise, appear on the horizon, as soon as it shows up on the horizon, I can feel the heat on my face, right? Because it's summer. It's a nice, hot summer sun. Mm -hmm. That is at the most severe tilt. That's an 89 degree tilt. It's literally sitting right on the horizon. So it doesn't matter, you know, the tilt of the earth or the spin of the earth, it's the same thing. I could feel the heat on my face. Six months later in December, December 21st, mm -hmm. when the sun is at noon for the day, the highest it is in the sky for the day, mm -hmm. I can look at the sun and I can't even feel the heat on my face. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the angle that I'm looking at is much more direct than sunrise in June. And in the heliocentric model, in the winter, the sun is three and a half million miles closer. Why can't I feel the heat on my face? And the answer is because the heliocentric model is bullshit. It makes no sense. Seasons prove mm. the earth is flat, right? It's not the tilt because, again, when the sun, it would be freezing every day at sunrise if it was the tilt that caused the issue, mm. caused the seasons. Okay. So wait, so let's just go back. Here's the thing. Believing in something is really easy. Where do I live? Connecticut. <laughs> okay. Do you believe that? I, I, I. I, I believe that you, you believe there, it, but I can't believe it. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> <coughs> you believe it mm -hmm. and your day is done. You have yeah. no more research to do exactly. because you believe it. Mm -hmm. Do you know it? No. Okay. So how long would it take you to know it? Um, a couple few hours, maybe. Uh, yeah, figure it minutes, out. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So belief is easy. It takes no effort. Yes. Your whole day's done. Mm -hmm. You can go take a nap, right? Mm -hmm. But if you want to know something, 
So you people do the research. believe the earth is round, but when I ask them for one proof, I'm offering three Bitcoins for one proof of the globe, nobody can deliver one proof. They just believe, mm -hmm. you know, and they throw up their hands. Why the lie? Why would people lie? You know, what's the point? And I'll, I'll get into that. So just going back to the app for a second. Um, where'd it go? <clears throat> Excuse me. So if you want to learn about flat earth, don't bother Googling it. You're just going to get the propaganda the controllers want you to see. They, they, they're going to, you're going to see videos by a guy called Psyop Mandan or um, not Professor Dave or, um, you know, Bill Lye, the line guy with the bow tie. You're going to see these things that make, that, that gaslight flat earthers. Never mm -hmm. just telling, you know, actually portraying what we're saying. They always just misrepresent us and um, just give you these snarky videos. So how do you find um, good flat earth information? The app will show you. Every day there's a featured video. This is the, if you wanna win the three Bitcoins, just click this thumbnail. Each day there'd be a new one. Happens to be me from a, a video somebody made. Uh, and watch it every day for two weeks. At the end of that two weeks, Pretty much you'll have lost all your friends and family because you'll be a flat <laughs> earther. But if you didn't, if you think you have a proof, you can send it to me for the three Bitcoins. But before you do, you have to hit the question mark button. All right. I hit that. Oops. Um, oh, you know what? Give me a second. Yeah. I have a, a, a test version on here. Well, whatever. When you hit all that, right. that question mark one. button, mm -hmm. up comes, yep, up comes the 21 questions that um that people ask and if you you know hit that up comes a list of videos that google will be hiding from you and and again don't believe videos take information from videos and then go verify it yourself mm -hmm. right um another thing is uh, on here we have uh, the meet flat earthers and again this is my test version so of course it's not working why i'm trying to show you um there we go this shows you where other app users are, and you can tap on one of those dots and send somebody a private message, you know, a, a text message, and it's a way to meet other flat earthers near you. Gotcha. Oh, that's pretty cool, cool, right? So yeah. you're basically holding people's geotags on this. And again, the app also allows you to obscure your location. It says, okay. hey, awesome. just show my approximate location. It shows awesome. you within like five miles of where you are. Good. For those of you that are nervous, you know, <laughs> but, but again, the people that want to know your location that you don't want to, they don't need this app to know where you are. <laughs> okay. This is to allow other flat earthers near you. Um, also, there's, um, there's, again, I wish I didn't have the test version on here. There's images, there's books in here. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of um, useful, useful stuff that, that will just help you really learn about flat earth. So that's called the flat earth sun, moon, and Zodiac clock app. Um, you have to make sure it's by blue water Bay because already on Android, there's a flat earth society, um, type app, which took my name and images and it's a horrible app. So don't send me an email <laughs> telling me my app sucks. Cause it's not my app. Um, my app is the highest rated app in the app store and uh, Google play store. So it's by mine is by blue water Bay. You can just scan this. If you're watching this on a computer or um, hopefully there's a link below your video. Yeah, to my there, app. Will, there will be a link 
Um, so first and foremost, can you give me a little bit of background about yourself, um, of where sure. you're from and kind of what you've done in your, your career, your life? Sure. I, I, uh, you know, I grew up in Fairfield County, right? Right. Right in the, you know, right outside of New York city. I went to college. I worked in corporate America. I then left corporate America. I started my own uh, company with a couple partners. I was doing really well and researching different conspiracies. I was doing a conspiracy podcast for years at a New York city called deep inside the rabbit hole, looking into all the deceptions that are going on. And, um, in the third year, people started sending me flat earth stuff. Hey, Dave, have you looked into flat earth? And I, like any smart person to do, would just ban them from my social media for being so stupid to even ask me to watch a one minute video on something so dumb. And finally, I was forced by another researcher that I respected uh, to look into it. And I went into it saying, okay, I'm just going to prove the globe and be done with this. And for two weeks, I literally tried to come up with one proof of the globe. I thought I had them all. Aristophanes with his sticks and shadows, boats over the horizon, seasons, day and night, sunsets, you know, all of this stuff. And when you look into it, you realize that all of those things work perfectly on a flat earth. Some of them actually prove the earth is flat because they don't work on a ball. Yeah. You, you, I mean, so, you have to. So, so Dave, you, you've said that on many podcasts. Yes. So, okay. And Drew versus the world, we, we like to go a little bit deeper. Oh, <laughs> so nice. I, I want to know, I want to know. So as far as your career and your, your, your college, what did you study and what career did you, were you in during your kind of tenure in the corporate America lifestyle? I, uh, I studied marketing and psychology, uh, and, you know, and all the other stuff that you do in college. And I did four years of astronomy, which was <laughs> pretty interesting, right? Because yeah. it's all nonsense. Um, and then uh, to start, I was in the commercial printing business for 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing very well in that. And then I finally kind of got tired of commercial printing. And I decided I want to do something else. So I took a year off, uh, did a little consulting and I kind of put it out to the universe. I was like, you know, I want something fun, something that I love, something that people want, right? I wanted to be in sales. I like sales. And uh, all of a sudden, solar power, which I never really thought about, just kept ah. jumping in front of me. Everywhere I turned around, solar power, solar power, solar power. And then uh, a buddy of mine, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm working for a solar power company. I'm like, what? And, <laughs> I, and he's telling me all about it and these incentive programs. I'm like, that sounds like something really fun to sell. And so then I found out the largest solar power company in the Northeast was literally almost in my backyard. It was right over in Portchester, New York. And the guy that started it was a dad from my neighborhood. You know, our kids went to school together. Oh, wow. So I went and talked to him. We had some coffee. And uh, he said that, well, he's not hiring. You know, he hired a new guy, the, the sales director. I could talk to him. And they basically told me that, they're not hiring anyone in Connecticut because Connecticut is dead for commercial solar. Mm. Um, and, or, or actually residential solar, sorry. And um, I, I just said, I don't care. I'll work for free and you just pay me um, what I sell. And mm. he's like, how do you say no to that? You know, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just created this position for myself and within no time at all, they're like, okay, you're officially hired. And, um, I took that to a level, the company was sold, 
and the, they, I basically started at the commercial division in the company. Um, you know, we went into commercial solar, which they thought couldn't be done. But myself and my partner at my the firm that I, that I put together afterwards, we said, no, you can do it. Oh. So when they sold the company, the company uh, that bought it shut down the commercial division. Now, you might say, oh, it's the worst thing ever. Well, no, it was the greatest thing ever because I started my own company, something <laughs> I never thought I could do. Right. And then just jumping forward, I was definitely into truth seeing, into looking at the reality of our world, and my partners were not. Yes. So that caused some conflict. So my partner's like, oh, we want you out. Well, that could be the worst thing ever. But I said, no, it's not the worst thing ever. Now I can go do what I really love, which is help people see the reality of the world that they're in. Okay, and the, the, the truth of our world is so much more amazing and um, super fulfilling. And, you know, and I really think that, uh, you know, if we want a chance of getting our freedoms back, this is uh, on a message that has to go out there. There's two things that we have to do to get our freedom back. And that is one, um, realize, you know, put on our big boy pants, get our heads out of our rear ends and realize who we are, where we are and what this place is and the power of our mind. They've limited our manifestation abilities by limiting our thoughts and keeping us in fear with a whole bunch of nonsense. Okay. The prison for our mind is the globe. Nice. Like the true man show. And that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a flat <laughs> earth movie all the way. So, so, that that's mind mind control right there that movie and then the other thing is we're playing with their monopoly money look at our money compare it to monopoly money it's the same color five ten twenty fifty hundred they're all the same colors okay they have the same colors they're telling us right in the game of monopoly uh it says if the bank runs out of money just get some pieces of paper and write some more money on it and keep yeah. playing yeah. right well we need to get off their their monopoly board um and and go into our own currency and that would be Cryptocurrency, crypto, but not yep. not centralized cryptocurrency. Because if we go into their crypto government digital dollar, we're going to be slaves for a thousand years. Yep. You just put right? yourself back in the back in the hole that you right. You There's privacy of. cryptocurrencies like Pirate Chain and Monero and mm -hmm. others that are totally. You know, like I could send you some Pirate Chain or some Monero right now. It cost me a penny to send it to you. Yep. And no one would ever know that I sent it to you or that you have it. That's freedom. So for those of you listening that know, if all you know about crypto is the word Bitcoin, yep. you don't really know very much. <laughs> yes. And I just say, take some time every day, every week, whatever, and just learn a little bit until you understand it. And then you can make an educated decision on what's really happening. Yeah, I always love to say that uh, I, I, I do this now. I take an hour out of my day just to research something I don't know. Perfect, um, and and that's and that goes with reading a book, reading a couple pages of a book, or you know, just going online and learning something about. Um, because I'm in tech field, so learning something about like um, SQL or you know Java development or something like that. So I, I want I and I kind of mirror what you're saying because I'm actually in in this solar too, um, as my day job. Right. <laughs> so so I I love that you said that solar part because it's obviously booming right now is like the new big thing. Um, sure. And the commercial spectrum is commercial field is something that I'm super interested in because definitely in LA, I don't know if you heard that every new house that's being built, I think it's 2022 needs to have solar on top of it. I'm like, boom, yep. 
that's that's first of all you have perfect light perfect sunshine coming mostly 95 percent of the my 95 percent of the year um so it's it's just perfect um but i want to also dive into can you really pinpoint like an early part of your life where you really where you can track that you were already getting into conspiracy theory yeah so but let's stick on solar for one more second okay go ahead solar power proves the earth is flat okay do you know that scientists have no idea how solar power works they only have a theory about uh, you know photons coming in hitting a boron molecule in the silicon wafer and it knocks out an electron right that's nonsense okay it's not true mm-hmm. solar power works really easy mm-hmm. our sun is electric in nature it's sending electricity here everything on this earth is electric including mm-hmm. us all the living plants and everything so mm-hmm. it's collecting electricity that's mm-hmm. it it's not collecting a photon that was born a billion years ago at the center of the sun and finally escaped the surface to travel here to crash into a solar panel. It doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. right? It's sending electricity here. If you've got two houseplants and put one of them in front of a fireplace and one of them in front of an electric light, which one's going to grow and which one's going to shrivel up and die, okay? Well, the sun sending electricity here, okay? It's sending electricity, and that's what heats things up. Well, and that's what, wouldn't, wouldn't the same thing kind of occur if, let's say, you're, you have a light bulb that's 100 degrees Celsius and another light bulb is 100 degrees Celsius, wouldn't it still burn the plant, even though they're both light bulbs? But, but the light, the, the electricity that's coming off of the, uh, off of the lights, it's not the, it's not the heat that the plant is growing on. Yeah. It's not the heat, it's the electricity. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm just showing you that the sun that we see in the sky is an electric light, and our Earth is a big capacitor, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about lava, lava doesn't come from the center of the Earth. This is sending electricity through this ceramic box, and those rocks turned into lava, right? Mm -hmm. Lava comes from lava tubes, which are capacitor. The Earth is um, collecting the electricity, and there's electrical currents under the Earth. And that creates lava tubes. So you're saying that so you, there's lava tubes under the earth. Under the earth. Not coming from the center of the earth. The That's ridiculous. So right. if there's nothing coming from the center of the earth, it's right. actually coming from. So there's another layer un, under the earth. The deepest hole ever dug is just um, short of eight miles, right? By humans, so, right? By humans, right. Okay. No one's ever gotten deeper. That's like going halfway through the skin of an apple. And when they were doing that, they were using ground-penetrating radar to see what they're going to hit next, and they were wrong every step of the way. So when they were trying to drill halfway through the skin of the apple, mm-hmm. they were wrong, but somehow they knew the next 4,000 miles looks like this. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. This is a meme. This is something you have to believe, mm-hmm. and there's zero evidence of it. How about volcanoes? So the volcanoes was one that got me, but do you know that there are no cone-shaped mountains spewing lava out of the top? It's never happened. You've only seen it in movies, okay? No, I've and seen it. I've seen it in real life. There's actually, I, I, um, I said the same thing. There's actually what you see, videos of um, there was an explosion in Wunau, and there was a boat that was really close. It got almost this close, and people died. 
<laughs> was was it lava or was it an explosion like Mount St. Helens? Mount St. Helens did not have lava. Okay, but the, the lava comes out of the side of the mountain, not out of the top, right? Lava again, again the whole idea of mountains spewing lava from the center of the earth, that's fiction. Mm. You have to go look like look at all the whole, the volcanoes in Hawaii, all of the lava in Hawaii, it's coming mm. out of the ground. It's not coming out of the top of the mountains. And lo- lots of times when you when you have a break, it create the it comes out hardens and more comes out and more comes out. Yep. And so now it's coming out of a cone-shaped hill that's like 20 feet tall and then they show it on the news really close up and you can't, you have nothing to scale it by mm-hmm. and you think that's a mountain. Look into it. It's fascinating. Um, it's not coming from the center of the earth. It's uh, it's electrical in nature. All right, going back, where were we on? What were you asking? We were talking about where is what was your original point, or where can you pinpoint maybe in your childhood or younger age that you really got into conspiracy theory and trying to learn a different truth than you was taught. The 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 I guess the earliest memory I have was in kindergarten or first grade, where the teacher took us outside and was teaching us about gravity. I got a bucket of water and spun it around and said, that's gravity. And I said, but we're on the outside of the ball that's spinning. And the teacher goes like this, goes, yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's the way I'm told to teach it. And that's the way I'm going to teach it. So mm-hmm. you keep asking questions, though, he said to me. Yeah. That was like, yeah. And That's so, a good teacher, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, uh, I don't know. He should have, he should have bucked the system, in my opinion. But, but um, he told me, keep asking questions. So that was, that was interesting. And then it wasn't until my, you know, I always kind of looked into little things. But the biggest one was in the 1990s, I started looking into what money was. And I realized money and the Federal Reserve and the IRS, it's all nonsense. It's yeah, all it's private. Real. Money's not Yeah, real. it's, it's mm-hmm. all crazy. So I used to, you know, my buddy Tim and I, when we worked at the solar power company mm-hmm. in the lunchroom every day, we would, we, a big crowd would always gather around us because we were talking about, you know, the Federal Reserve and, and money and, and different things. And, and, um, and then one day he said, hey, we need to reach a bigger more people, we can do a podcast. I got an opportunity in New York City out of uh, Stand Up New York Labs. And I'm like, what the hell's a podcast? I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> and so then we started doing it. We started looking into, you know, the the New York City event and uh, the Connecticut event happened and, you know, the marathon and all of that stuff. I don't know how fluent you guys are on it, but it's all not real. Mm, so, so I... So another thing is that to to think differently, you have to buck the system that's created, right? So do you think the system that is created is created for our disservice and they they want to pull us down into this mediocre way of thinking? That's why they give us this way of thinking in so many different ways. And if you had the chance, what would be the first thing that you would do i know you explained the two things that you but what would be the first thing you would do if you can snap your fingers and change something show people that we don't live on a spinning ball mm-hmm. and that we are at the center of creation and that the only power that anyone has over you is in your imagination mm-hmm. and why that because that's freedom i mean it, we we are free 
we um, nobody can take our freedom from us unless we willingly give it to them. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Everybody has willingly given away their freedom, you know? So you, so another thing that a lot of people ask about conspiracy theorists and things like that, um, why don't these people that are with the powers that be, they just shut you down? Do, is it because they want you to be out there and bucking the system? Or is it kind of they can't? What is, what, why don't you just shut you down? Because they can't just, sh- well, they actually are shutting everyone down pretty darn quick now. I mean, with all the censorship going on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, they've shut down a lot of things, but they have to just do things slowly. They also, they're not allowed to break our free will. So they always tell us what they're doing, which sounds crazy for someone new to this, but they always tell us what they're doing. And that way, if we're too silly or too stupid to say no, we're consenting. Um why don't they shut flat earthers down? I don't know. Maybe it would cause more of a, if they, if they all of a sudden removed all flat earth videos from the internet, uh, would it cause a bigger problem? You know, sometimes when you try to shut something up, it just gets worse. Um, they've, they've basically taken down all of the videos, you know, on the Connecticut uh, school event and the Boston marathon event. And, and um, you know, I, I can go to New York City and I can ask people um, how many buildings collapsed on 9-11 and uh, 95% of them will say two. Maybe another 5% will say three, but nobody will say seven. Okay. And so people don't even know what happened in their own city. So it's pretty easy to mind control um, people. So the, the whole idea, all of this is to control us because if you knew that all of the things they had you afraid of were not real. Could they control you? They control you through fear. They control you with their money system. They control you with limiting your ability to manifest your thoughts properly. Um, they want us to believe that we're running out of water. Untrue, infinite amount of clean, pure water. They want us to believe we're running out of food. Untrue, stick a seed in the ground, water will fall from the sky and food will grow. All right? We're, that we're overpopulated. Untrue, every single person in the world can live in Texas with plenty of room. Okay? Um, they want us to believe that nuclear bombs are gonna, you know, crazy dictators are gonna blow us up with nuclear bombs. Untrue, all made up nonsense, nuclear bombs don't exist. They want us to believe that- Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nuclear bombs don't exist. I can't let you go off of that one. I can't let you go off that one. Let me, me, hold on, I'm gonna read your mind. What about Hiroshima and Nagasaki? No, we're not even gonna go that far. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. We're We're gonna go with the idea of a nuclear bomb. So the yeah. idea, the concept, the science of it, you can say exists, but the nuclear bomb itself, you're saying that doesn't exist. It's like, pseudoscience and it doesn't exist. It does not exist. Okay. There's never been a nuclear explosion. Three days There's never after, been a nuclear explosion. No. And I can, I'll even, in, even at a nuclear plant. Nuclear plant is different. Nuclear plant, they're taking plutonium, yes. which reacts and heats up and boils water, and the mm-hmm. steam turns pistons. Correct. It's a friggin' steam engine. So you're saying, <coughs> but that same technology that you just excri- described is similar to what is the, si- what is the technology that uses to cr- 
blow up a nuke to create a nuclear bomb. Similar, like you're saying, this is basically like a glorified no. steam engine with more energy, right? That that's that, what they tell us, but it's not okay. true. It, none of it's true. Okay. So, does this sound like a nuclear bomb? Um, three in Hiroshima and Nagasaki after the explosion, nobody was allowed to take photos or write articles except one person, one guy. And if you did, you were put in jail. So that's kind of controlling what's going on. Three mm -hmm. days after the explosion, the trains were running, the flower shops were opening, the sandwich shops were opening, and everybody was back to work. Okay. Three days after that, everyone's back to work and the stores are open. Does that sound like a nuclear bomb? No. There's video of them piling skids and skids and skids of TNT at Ground Zero prior to the blast. It was a massive dynamite blast, and mm. that's it. And they made up the whole thing um, to, to push the industrial, military industrial complex and to keep people living in fear. They control us. Kim Jong Young, you ever hear him say anything intelligent? He's a I believe he's a mental patient in an institution that they take out, put in front of a green screen where he can clap and smile, and then they tell us a horrible story. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you look at any of the old images of him with his armies behind him, zoom in on the armies and the tanks and everything. It's all stepped and repeated. It's the same guys again and again. Okay? Those, those tanks are balloons. They're not even real. The rockets. They're, it's just a parade of nonsense. Okay, let me take a step back. So for the the explosion and the the people working after, um, how about the people that now still have radiation po poisoning from four or five generations? The over one million people that still have that radiation poisoning and the childbirth defects. Yeah, there's actually less radiation. There's less cancer. There's less childbirth defects in uh, Japan than there is in uh, here in the United States. But there's more That's people. The plants, animals, and people have always thrived there. Um, in Chernobyl, there's still people living in Chernobyl that are completely fine. Plants, animals, and people thriving in these places. There was a guy named Gaylor Windsor who went around. Um, I think it was in the 80s or 70s. Um, saying that the, the pl plutonium is not dangerous. He would eat it, and he would swim in the pools, the radioactive pools at the power plants to show people that it wasn't dangerous. So... Crazy so stuff. You're, you're, saying that, <laughs> you're saying that there are less, but we're, you're still saying that there are still, might be, possibly, some radioactive defects that happened due to that possible interaction with a, so there's, there, there's, it's been, it's been very, very much proven and written. And again, to your point, they might be yep. the, the, the big day who are controlling the narrative, but they These have, guys. yes, they have said that there have been major, a lot of birth defects after this occurrence. So I, I don't want to like skim over that. Right. They, they're telling you that, but what are there? Have you seen all of them? Do you know what they're from? I mean, there was a lot of birth defects here when they were using flamidahide or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. 
Flamidahide. I know you're talking about Flamidahide. I lost the word. I know you're talking about Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. No, not formaldehyde. It's flamidahide. Whatever it is, everyone knows what we're talking about. But um, that wasn't from radiation. That was from a pharmaceutical medicine. You know, if you look at um, you know, all of the polio, that was from DDT. That wasn't from a virus. Okay, all of this stuff you're believing the people that tell you that we're flying in space, mm. okay? You're, you're believing the, the people that are telling you that 9-11 was done by, you know, crazy Arab hijackers, mm-hmm. right? You're believing stories mm-hmm. that you have no evidence of them being true. Okay. So I, I, I love the critical thinking. That's, that's what I really want to have on. Even though we might have dis, disagreed, right? ideals of of something i feel i, I feel it. i feel that we all should have this co- type of conversation i appreciate facts, i appreciate your open-mindedness let can we pivot the conversation to where you can you tell me what the number one reason you would think the earth is a globe what would what would be one reason that you think the earth is a globe number one thing for me is stars so i've i've camped i've been out at night i've like seeing a fully lit starry sky amazing and the, right and the one thing that always it does is it kind of it moves right and that north star you're talking about it's yeah. it you know it's been told to you're able to kind of find your way in direction there but that north star also moves depending on what area so if you're in montana like i did backpacking retreat in montana i did a backpacking retreat in um actually Costa Rica, they're, they're technically two different places. If you think about the longitude and latitude of the, the, the place you're at. So um, that's the one thing that kind of sticks to me. So, explain that. The, what about the stars makes you think that you're on a spinning globe? Because of the movement of the stars. They the, move the and movement. Then, they're they, not in the same place. Yep. Well, they, if you think about it, Look at the North Star. The stars go all and make perfect circles around it. We're moving in four different directions at once. Why would they be making perfect circles? Why do they never change from night to night? Why are they always in the same spot every year on the same night at the same time? So that's where, again, my... So if I went with, like, Cub Scouts or whatever Scouts, you kind of put your hand up there and you see, like... Orion's belt or something within your, you know, your purview, that belt or that um, constellation will change and move depending on where you're at. So for instance, if I was in Montana, I would see Orion's belt in a different location than I would if I was in Costa Rica. Let's talk about that. So imagine you and I are in a um, a nice big empty room, 10 foot high ceilings. Mm -hmm. And there's recessed lighting mm-hmm. in, the, in the ceiling. <clears throat> now expand that room to 10 miles wide. Mm-hmm. Okay? You go walk five, six, seven miles away from me mm-hmm. in that room. Can you see the lights that are above my head? The answer is absolutely not. In less than a half a mile, the ceiling and the floor will merge together. And you go look up, you're looking at completely different stars, okay? So I got um, Orion's lights right above me, Mm -hmm. 
And then if you walked 50 feet over there, you'd see Ryan's lights over there, lower in the sky. No, no, I won't. Yes, you would. No, I won't. 100%. There's, there's, there's no way because there's... I'm, so, and again, and again, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm pointing at a light directly yeah, above me right, right now. right here, yep. It's right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, if you were 20 feet over there, would you be pointing up to point at this light? No, no. you'd be pointing, you'd be pointing... Yeah, no way. Yep. You'd be say it's over there. Mm-hmm. I'm proving to you right now that we're both seeing those lights in different positions based on our position, but 100%. it's still on a flat ceiling above me. As you walk away, it gets lower in the sky. So wouldn't that also prove the, again, the, the round earth theory as well? So absolutely if not. So if you're, if you're on a, a planet like this, right. And and this is me playing devil's well. I got this, it. This Trying to figure it out. So the, you're right here as a point, right? We're doing the same light test, right? So this is you're in a light, right? And the room is round now. Now, if I go to this area or this part of, let's say, my wrist is a different part of the world on this other side of the Earth, wouldn't I still have to do exactly the same thing that you're saying I would do on a flat Earth as well? yes and no things on a ball yes stars would look like they're in a different position but that doesn't prove that the earth is a ball because it works on a flat earth also yeah here here so so here's the north star here's Mm -hmm. the equator yep anybody below the equator could not see the north star because they'd have to look through the planet right uh well, depending on, so we, we're going back to the theory of the distance between the star and the Earth, then. Because I'm not talking about the distance. If the North Star is lined up with the axis of the globe, but anybody it, below the curve here cannot see the North Star because it would be blocked. But That's what the heliocentric model says. But there's also the understanding that, for instance, you can see the sun on every side of the planet, it's just farther away. On a, on, a, on, a, on a globe model, right? So it's just like you, you can see the Earth, you can see the sun from Antarctica, and then you can see the sun from Australia. It just would be farther from. Right. That works perfectly on a flat Earth. So it also works. So that's what I'm saying. It's not, I'm not disproving. I'm just saying yeah. that on both kind of theories, theorems, they would work. The, your 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 um, understanding let, will work on both sides. Let me ask you a question here: mm-hmm. Is this camera falling over backwards at a thousand miles an hour, or is that light just moving farther away? So again, I uh, I agree that it's good. It, the dairy within the flat Earth, it would be a hundred percent. But I also think it doesn't disprove the the round globe model. So if you're here. And you have that sun going the same thing and you're going around, it can still go farther away and something stay at the same point. But you're thinking about it as, as a, a basketball, not a gigantic sphere. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's why I'm trying, I'm trying to like, I'm, I, like, I can show I, you. I hear what you're saying. So I it's hear like, what you're saying. I feel like it's, they share, both theories share similar points Let- of theorem. Let's, let's, let's look at this. Maybe, maybe we'll take it a different way. Okay. So 
this is Santiago, Chile, and this is Australia. And mm -hmm. this is the, the flight routes go all the way up into the north. The equator is like right here, right? It goes all the way up to the north, all the way across, and all the way back down. Yes. Okay. Why would they do that on a ball? Because right? um, the cities that they need to land in are closer. Because if you see that, it's actually going to New York, Los Angeles, and then probably Sydney, Australia. There's, there's direct flights that have no stops that take this same route. Okay. Yes. And, 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 the, and the reason is because it's a straight line, right? If you want to go to Western Australia, this is the route. Western mm -hmm. Australia, they go all the way up, all the way across, and all the way down. It makes no sense. So if that's the truth, mm -hmm. well, how come, how come um, there's no flights that start in the north and end in the north that go to the so south first, right? All the flights in the north stay in the north. And all the flights in the south going to other southern locations go to the north and then come back. No flight in the north goes to the south and comes back to the north ever. And right? what, is that, what does that prove? That proves that the earth is flat. Mm -hmm. That proves, like, if I want to go from, from um, Santiago to Australia, I have to go north into the northern hemisphere, and then I have to go south into the southern hemisphere. But if I want to go from, you know, say, United States to... Yep. Um, I don't know, Europe, yep. it, I just go here. I don't go all the way down here and then all the way back. I just take these routes. There, there's, mm. uh, and one of the ways to prove this is there's been emergency landings that have caused them to expose their lies. For example, yes. right here. I heard, I heard that one from you. From yeah. The yep. And mm -hmm. so they go all the way to Alaska instead of landing in Hawaii because emergency happened right here. Mm -hmm. And that's because, bam, emergency, Alaska. So as far as the flat earth map here as well, isn't this just a, a view of the globe from above? So I say the globe is taking this map and wrapping it around ah, the globe. Okay. They don't have a good map of the earth. Why doesn't NASA go into space, take a photo of earth, and map out all of the continents exactly. They can't, they won't, they never will because they can't, because the earth is not a globe. You know, and, and it, the easiest way to prove that the earth is um, a globe would be to circumnavigate Antarctica, which is only like 13,000 miles around. Mm -hmm. But nobody has ever done it because it's not 13,000 miles around. Antarctica is all the way around here, right? Captain Cook did it. It took him uh, three and a half years. He went over 60,000 miles, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, yeah, this is the, he tried to, to <coughs> excuse me, to circumnavigate Antarctica. And it should just take him, you know, 13,000 miles, but it didn't, gotcha. right? Should just be able to go zoop, fly around. You could do it in one day. Two airplanes, one goes this way, one goes this way. And uh, six hours later, nine hours later, whatever, they would meet over here after flying about 6,000 miles. Um, but because that's not how the earth is set up. Mm. Okay. Sure. All right. But and Captain Cook, I, I, I need to research that guy. I didn't, I heard that again, I heard that in your last, in your, um, 
last the podcast is I was listening to because I've been, I've been researching. <laughs> I've been, I wanted to make sure that we get as much juice from our conversation as possible because again, I love to have conversations with people that are passionate and you are so and you are passionate about um the, the flat earth theory and I'm not saying that you're wrong. Honestly, I'm saying I, I that I it. I love the I love the perspective and I hope people that are listening right now gets get to understand and these are facts that you're throwing out here these are this is a piece of information that is pertinent for people to change and buck the system and for you to be on the forefront of trying to think outside of the conventional box is lovely from crypto i'm just looking to, for the truth i'm just exactly. looking for the truth and who Here's knows the, the truth? No, nobody. Until you know you what? And, and we know that we don't know a exactly. lot. Exactly. There's flat earthers that uh, have different beliefs on what's beyond Antarctica. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. But we all agree that it's not a spinning ball flying in a space vacuum. You have to believe that once upon a time there was nothing and then it exploded and turned into everything. That's cool, right? And then all of the rocky bits started sticking together, but all of the gases decided to turn themselves into balls that were so big that they burst into flames and they leave a vacuum, a vacuum in between. So now we have burning gas balls in a vacuum. That's fun. You see a problem with that? Okay, the entire idea is to make you feel insignificant that you were evolved from pond scum and that you have no power and that you have uh, you're just, uh, you know, an accident, you're a freak accident. That's what they want you to believe. Let 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 me let me take that and put a positive spin on it, because I, I, I think that the a different approach that the half cup. Half full version would be that we are the we are the growth of something that was minimal, and then we are now a complex organism that have grown. We basically, if you know Drake, started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we we could take that approach to it too. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I know we're tri we're tri city people, so we have to we have to mutations don't make improvements, right? No, that's not true. So mutations can make improvements. Well, like our eyes develop, (laughs) you know, like just think about what your eyes can do and interpret. I mean, that that wasn't just randomness. Yeah, they want us to believe that just mutations happen. I mean, there's natural selection, like you know, guys like women with long fingers, so they breed with them more, and so now people mm-hmm. have longer fingers. Yep. Okay, that's different. But never, ever has any species turned into another species, and uh, without being genetically manipulated by man. So, hmm. So yeah. So you're saying evolution is not true. A hundred percent not true. Gotcha. It's unbelievable. I mean, but hold, hold on, hold, hold on to that. Let's 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 take that. We're gonna put this right here, and we're gonna, we're gonna leave that for a volume two of this. Okay. Because I awesome. want to I want to explore some more theories that you have because we 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 didn't talk about nine eleven. We didn't talk about um, what you call it, the evolution theory. We didn't talk about a couple other theories about um, the the bombing, the Boston bombing, and things like that. And I just would love to under like get your your take on JFK. So let's let's put a pin in that. I want you to first. Um, I'm going to ask. So I call a section. This is a section I like to call shots fired. 
Usually it's 10 to 15 questions, but I'm gonna make it nice one for you because I think that, um, I think we got a lot of information. I want people to get satiated with that information. And I, but I want to still keep the, 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 the fun and frilliness of the show. So the, the, the shots fired question is, um, what is your death row meal? It's the last meal of life. <laughs> I need an appetizer. I need an entree and I need a dessert. I'm not really hungry, but my death row meal would be, I don't know. Uh, give me some uh, oysters on the half shell for an appetizer. I will take a, a lobster dinner, three and a half pounder, please, with a, a mashed potato or the, or the baked potato and some mussels. And uh, for dessert, I will have a, uh, I don't know, nice chocolate cake. Mm, nice. Okay. Are you, a la mode. A la there mode. you go. Okay. Okay. I, I like that a lot. So this is the part where I say, please pitch yourself, pitch what you got going on, um, where people can find you and any upcoming events. Um, the Flatter Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. Take the challenge. If you think this is stupid and I'm crazy, um, win three Bitcoins. It's like 150,000 bucks. Okay. Take the challenge. Check it out. Go with an open mind. Don't believe anything I said in this podcast. Verify it yourself. That's what I did. Okay. Um, you can find me. Um, well, the best place is the app um, flatearthdave.com. If you forget everything else, just flatearthdave. Links to the app are there. Um, don't watch out for the Ron Media Group. That's the that's the the knockoff one. Um, so make sure make sure you do that. The event that's coming up October twentieth or twenty second, somewhere around there, is Flattoberfest. Flatearthfestivals.com in South Carolina. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of us. It's a two day event, kind of like a conference the first day. Second day is like a music festival. Um, going to be a blast. Nice. And that's uh, it. Again, thank you so much, Dave. Um, the last thing we do here on the podcast is say our catchphrase. Um, and our catchphrase is love, peace, and chicken grease. So once you say the catchphrase, we're out of here. Your catchphrase, love, peace, and chicken grease. That's all we got to say. And this has been another episode of Drew vs. World. Thank you so much, Dave. All right, Drew. Thanks. Thanks.